Hook him up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. We roll on. Still a lot to do. We're three hours in, two to go of our five-hour morning Lee conversation. Austin's only morning sports conversation. Certainly the best. We appreciate you being there. However you find us, 1019 AM 1260, streaming on the Horn app at hornfm.com. If you're used to watching, maybe on our YouTube channel or Twitch, we're not running the cameras today. We're having some audio issues. We're going to try to troubleshoot later today and get those uh, turned around so we can be back on for you. Also, Rod, uh, if you need more Longhorn conversation, like we don't give you enough, how about uh, the Longhorn Blitz podcast? You can find that with with Rod. Also, if you go to uh, On Texas Football, the YouTube channel of Inside Texas, you're on there all the time, Rod, doing great oh, stuff. Yeah. I'll be on there oh, for the watch long. And uh, our latest edition of the Eyes on Texas multicast is out. Podcast, you can do it on iTunes or Spotify or on the YouTube channel at The Horn. It's myself and Mike Craven. Uh, that episode dropped on Tuesday, talking all things uh, Texas K-State, the thrilling victory. And uh, now we're going to do another one today. They'll come out tomorrow to preview the TCU game. So nice. no shortage of Longhorn conversation sitting at number seven in the country, uh, trying to get to the get to the finish line, Rod, and uh, the goal of the year to play in the Big 12 title game. Uh, we'll get some so, thoughts on that. And Rod's got a yeah. rant coming up. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be really interesting down the stretch here because Texas getting healthy. Man. I mean, I think the you know probably most un- under uh, probably the least talked about and probably should be more uh, discussed is the fact that not only the quarterback position, you know, we're getting healthy there, but you're getting healthy everywhere else on the team. I mean, your defense, you had injuries with secondary with Jalen Catalan. He may be back. You got Keaton Crawford was dealing with an injury. He may be coming back on the offensive line. You had an injury there with Christian Jones. He was out. So they were nicked up a lot, and it sounds like they may be as healthy as they've been all season except for the quarterback position, which is getting healthier. Uh, this may be as healthy as they've been since the start of the season, actually. They've had guys nicked up and out pretty much all season long. I, I don't think they've had a time where they said everybody's practiced since the beginning of the season. Yeah. Well, that would be ideal. Right. And uh, yeah, Rod, Rod has his rant coming up. Hey, Rod, which of these three games left uh, concerns you the most? Uh, is it it's purple kryptonite this week? Is it Iowa State? Is it Texas Tech? If someone's going to trip Texas up, they're going to be heavily favored in all three. But which one is most most concerned to you? Yeah, that is good. Um, man, right now, you know, TCU presents a lot of problems. I guess it, it's probably going to be a combination of TCU or Iowa State because they're both on the road. Right? And I just don't see Texas being tripped up by Texas Tech. Once they've gotten that close to their goal, they can smell it, they can taste the Big 12 title. I don't think they let Texas Tech. And you got the revenge well, there's factor. There's some pent-up anger tech. towards Tech and Joe yes. McGuire and last year and all the, the – I don't let they let Tech trip along. I think they get tripped up. It'll be in one of these two games because they're both on the road. They both present the three-high, three-down defense, which Sark has – you know, his offenses have, I don't say struggled with, but we've seen his offenses uh, not be as effective and the productivity and the explosive explosivity, if you will, of those offenses – um, they've dropped down, dropped off, if you will, um, and decreased versus those three high, three down looks, even though they're all a little bit different. They put their own spin on it. But he's, ha- he's got a run here of these types of defenses, right? Uh, Texas Tech. I'm oh, sorry, not Texas Tech, TCU. Um, K-State, of course. Iowa State, they, you know, they are specialized, and that's their expertise, right? That's part of their defensive DNA. And then earlier this season, you saw U of H break it out. Now, that's not what they do, but we've seen a string of teams who run that defense, and so it's got to conquer it. you got to find antidote for it um tcu is a pass first team i'm not sure iowa state's a pass first team 
And if you're not a pass-first team or not willing to be a pass-first team, you're not going to have success on Texas because Texas rush defense is one of the best in the country and one of the, the probably the best that we've seen at Texas in like the last 15 to 20 years. And rush defense is really that good. We'll go over some of the numbers here when we go behind the burn orange curtain. So honestly, right now I'm leaning TCU. They run the veer and shoot. That's the offense that beat you at Oklahoma uh, versus Oklahoma, I should say. And Jeff Levy runs that. He's the brother-in-law of Kendall Browse, who is now the offensive coordinator for TCU. So I'm sure they share notes because with the Browse family, beating Texas is a family affair. And they're going to take that personal. Uh, Sonny Dykes, as we've talked about, a lot of success versus Texas. He hasn't lost versus Texas, whether at Cal or at TCU. They run the three-high three down. They have twitchy, fast athletes on the outside. 116 10-plus uh, yard pass plays on the season. That is top five in the country all right they're in the same conversation in that statistical category with usc with washington with oregon with georgia all right they do move the football i like the kid josh Hoof. He turns the football over but then as a team that comes with football but he can chunk it kalen DeBoer's recruited him at one time so he's got an arm that can stretch it vertically downfield and texas has struggled when teams go to a pass first mentality and you go through all that in there and you throw in that texas has just historically struggled versus this particular purpose kryptonite with TCU um, so yeah and they're on the road with a backup quarterback potentially Emily Murphy who's turned the football over and if Quinn plays he's not completely healthy so that also is a concern so right now TCU is probably the most likely for me for Texas to slip up all three are night games we know that now you got a 630 this week you got seven o'clock next week at Ames and and a weather could be a factor in that game in Ames as well. Let's not forget that. It's November in Iowa. Uh, we would also say that Texas Tech is here the day after Thanksgiving in the evening, 630. So Longhorns in prime time for three straight games to end their <laughs> regular season. This says, uh, this is, oh, here, interesting thought. It says the easy answer for the trip up game is TCU this week. Yep. Uh, next week, it'll be a different team. Like, every week's a trip-up game. True, and there's all good reasons, but again, listening to Landry Burdine last hour, he's not super optimistic at all. It, you, you know, the, 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 the veer and shoot gives Texas trouble, but, he, you know, the, the, the quarterback's inability to bring his legs to the equation yeah. helps Texas and it helps Jalen Ford, I think, you yep. know, stay more in, in coverage and uh, stay out of conflict as much. Uh, but, yeah, there's, there's a lot of great reasons. And, and I said this earlier, you know, you would think, and this is what's been frustrating about this Texas team, as fun as this ride has been so far, you know, I said a quick start maybe demoralizes a TCU team that's lost four out of five. You might have thought that at Houston, but yep. you were up 21 to nothing. Well, they didn't go away. You and you helped them back into the game with momentum shifting mm-hmm. plays. Uh, K State, you're up 17 nothing and feeling good. And of course, but I, I think you knew K State wasn't going away, uh, and that you know they they were going to fight. They're the defending conference champions, and Chris Kleiman's a great coach. And then you know they got the the big break on the non pass interference call, and then they blocked a punt, and they made their own momentum. You know, mm-hmm. and that's uh, that's what a K State team would do. I don't know what to make of TCU. I was I was I'm with you, and then I heard Landry last hour, and I'm like, he doesn't. You know, he calls every play, so he, he's around this team. He's not feeling very good about it right now. No. Doesn't sound like right there. But I remember talking to U of H fans and oh, U of yeah. H insiders, and they felt the same way about U of H. They were like, oh, man, we're about to get railroaded off of this thing. He's well, about to get and, ugly. Well, and Sonny Dykes is a very good coach who's had his way with Texas. Mm. Um, you know, there's a lot of personal animosity. Not animosity, but at least, you know, want oh, to beat this program. Yeah, no familiarity, no doubt. Yeah, and yes. so – they're certainly there. Um, you know, Gary Patterson is a common denominator, too. CDC. CDC. Uh, yeah, no, I think it's this one. I think it's this one. I mean, uh, uh, athletically, and, you know, they do have good players. They do have a lot of explosive plays, and they just aren't real good in the red zone and make a lot of turnovers. Critical moments. Critical moments. What they suffer. 
Yeah. Uh, I would also say that, uh, you know, TCU, there's just a, this is the last one, right? They, 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 they're proud of their ownership of Texas since they've joined the Big 12, right? Uh, you know, one of the reasons that Gary, Chris, that Gary, Gary Patterson said he wanted to come coach at Texas and, and be an analyst or an advisor to Sark was he felt like he owed it to him. He, his friend to Lost Dodds was a big advocate of getting them into the conference, mm-hmm. getting them into the Big 12. And, and, you know, but since joining the Big 12, they're 8-3. and three. Yeah. against the Longhorns, for crying out loud. And this is the last one. And who knows if Texas ever schedules TCU in football ever again. Um, yeah, you're right about that. There's no reason for them ever to do it. No. And, and TCU is the model program for a, a, t- a, a program that wants to go from a lower-tier status to get to into a Power 5 status. You know, they are, I think, the best example of the shining, bright example of it, that if you want to do it the right way, TCU did the right way. They did, 100%. Uh, right? They, and, and they ended up playing with, in a national title game. And it came up with a huge nudge from, from Texas. I mean, DeLos Dodds was a powerful advocate on the, on the, you know, the president's committee and uh, the AD's committee, I should say, and pushed for you know, t- and, and made the case for TCU. And that's you know, 12 years ago why they got into this conference. And here they are now playing for a national championship one year ago. So, uh, and you're right. They've, they've done that. They've taken the – because it was Brett Yormark is doing it as a commissioner. He's trying, yeah. You're trying to find those programs yep. like a Colorado. Yep. You know, yeah, right now they're kind of dormant, but if we wake them up and we invest all this money on an exactly annual basis right. and support them and brand them, can they become something bigger? And that's, that's what TCU certainly has that's been. That's the hope. That is the hope. And that's why you're going after Arizona and Arizona State. That's why you're, you know, Houston needs to become a, you know, with, with you know, Tillman Fertitta and what they do down there, that needs to become a really good program in the Big 12 moving forward. So, all right, so that's uh, the college football talk. We're talking NFL. Cowboys, by the way, Rod, before we get into your rant, a 16-and-a-half-point favorite now. 16. The largest in the NFL this season in their game against the New York football giants. Ty, did, Ty would you take the 16-and-a-half? Uh, the You're big on not uh, taking anything in double digits. Where are you on the 16-and-a-half uh, in Arlington on Sunday. It's Feeling one of, one of my favorite thought? plays of the weekend, actually. I do like Dallas. Would it be the Giants? No, I like Dallas. Even at 16 oh, and a half? Nice. Yeah. You're I, not believing I in I think after Danny last DeVito. week, they're, they're, that roster has given up in their full tank mode. I agree mode. with that. Not that they were ever yeah, going to make the playoffs or anything the, before that game, but that, that was a miserable. Got crushed by the Raiders. Yeah. So I, I Daniel think Jones got hurt. At least 20-point win for Dallas. Oh yeah, and they flat. Well, when, when when the Cowboys get it rolling, especially on defense, they can score numbers and points in bunches. We know that. Uh, and Dak Prescott's playing really well. I think there's some. You know, Cowboys are pretty pissed. They lost that game to the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday, so they may take it out on the Giants and not feel sorry that they're starting Tommy DeVito. Who? Yeah, Tommy DeVito. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> that, guy. Yeah, that dude. <laughs> not the actor from the show Taxi. <laughs> or from <laughs> all the movies. It's Always Sunny. Yeah. Oh, is he in that? See, I've never seen that show. Yeah, You've that's so it's weird. Sunny. It's so weird. You've seen that show. I always, I know, Ty, Ty always says I would love it. It's been on for like how long? Like, like how long? Like twelve years or something? Well, I don't even know what channel it's on, y'all. FX. Oh, uh, yeah, it's on FX. Yeah. Okay. See, I don't even know where FX is. I need to find my it, FX it's, channel. It's been on a lot. I'm surprised you haven't. It's just on Hulu. Flip. Flipping through the channels, you haven't landed on It's Always Sunny and watched it for like 10, 20, 10 15 minutes. I need minutes. to. That's one I need to catch up it on. It is. And now, yeah, I don't know. What season are they on, Ty? You watch it pretty much religiously, don't you? Uh, Like season like 15, 14. Is, yeah. is Danny DeVito good in it? Is he a yes. good character? He's, never he's, not, a, he's, character, he's right? not in the first season, but uh, like the show really took off after the first season when he was added to the cast. He, he plays yeah. two, two of the main people's dad. So it's, okay. it's, 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 it's 
worth a watch. I promise. Right now, I see him in the uh, Jersey Mike's commercial. Yeah, he is in the Jersey. He's doing the Jersey yeah. Mike's thing. <laughs> He's <laughs> probably kind most of famous for Always Sunny at this point, at least with people around oh, really? my well, for the newer for, you. Gen- for the newer generation. Yeah, my yeah. parents, can, we grew up watching Taxi, and he was you know, in Taxi, taxi and then he way had, back in the 70s. He had his movies that he got, the Twins. Twins. It's on the Schwarzenegger back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, I remember the Danny DeVito run when he yeah. was like a. Uh, he's a huge. Yeah. Uh, was, was that? Was it, wasn't there a bad movie called Throw Mama from the Train? Yes. That he was in. I believe you are correct about that. I, that that I have a vague uh, sense of seeing like a poster for that. Movie. Oh, I got to find the name of this movie because he was in a movie with with Bette Midler that was hilarious. Oh, I'm gonna look man. it up. I'll find it. But right now, let's go to your uh, your uh, your rant, Rod, for the nine o'clock hour. Let's hit it. Let's do it. Rod's rant of the day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car. Any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody, stay calm. Oh, no, you've done it, it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. Okay, now remember earlier this week I gave you these numbers about Bijan Robinson and the Atlanta Falcons and why Atlanta Falcons are so upset that they basically want they're calling for Arthur Smith's job at this point. Um, and they love Arthur Smith. A lot of people think the Falcons have a chance to, you know, win the division and make the playoffs potentially this year. Uh, but they're upset about the usage of B. John Robinson. So the Falcons have run 18 offensive plays inside the opponent's five-yard line in this season. B. John Robinson has one touch <laughs> for zero yards. Tyler Algier, he has six touches. Uh, Desmond Ritter has two in that situation. Drake London, uh, along with, I think he has two targets. Um, if you look at guys like, um, hell, Jonu Smith actually has four targets slash rushes in that situation. You get the point. People are upset, like, why isn't B. Bijan getting touches there. If you look at carries inside the 10-yard line, Tyler Azure has 10. Bijan Robinson has two on the season. Um, if you look at targets inside the 10-yard line, Jonu Smith actually has six of them, and Kyle Pitts only has four. So a lot of Atlanta Falcons fans and Longhorn fans upset that Bijan Robinson is not getting touches. They're also upset that Kyle Pitts is not getting touches in these critical moments. And if you look at the Falcons' uh, goal-to-go offense, 30th in the league, they've converted just 52 percent, damn near 53 percent of their goal-to-go situations, 9 of 17. People are saying, well, Bijan Robinson can help this. He probably can. If you look at missed tackles forced between the 20s um, per touch, Bijan Robinson 0.44, Tyler Azure is at 0.13. Yards before contact per rush, Bijan Robinson 1.73, Tyler Azure 0.30. NFL average is 1.27. Short yardage rushing, three yards to gain to get the first down. Bijan Robinson, 5.7 yards per rush in that situation. 65% success rate. Tyler Azier, 2.3 yards per attempt in that situation. 57% success rate. Even explosive rushes, we know Bijan's explosive. Over 15% explosive uh, rush rate. That's 10 plus yard runs. Tyler Azier is at 6.9. All right, so. Let's just play, let's play some audio from Arthur Smith. He's been asked about this over and over and over again because people want to know, like, what the hell are you doing? Why aren't you playing Bijan and using Bijan in go-to-go situations inside the five, inside the ten? You look at success rate with two or fewer yards to gain. Um, both have 14 rushes in that situation. Bijan Robinson, 71% success rate. Uh, Tyler Reggio, 64%. So analytics is playing a huge role in this conversation because the analytics are making Arthur Smith look like, man, that key's basically 
it looks like he's overthinking this situation. Like he's overthinking this particular uh, football situation in the red zone. So here's Arthur Smith. We got two cuts we're going to play from. Here's the first one. It's a longer one. But here, him, here he is trying to justify why B. John Robinson is not getting the ball in that critical moment. Targeted. Right, so we have a lot of guys that we think are good players on this team. So it's not just Bijan, but it's all those guys. So a lot of times in the drop back, maybe the number one read was Kyle, maybe it was Drake. Well, they, they have a say, they took it away, and you've got a pressure attacker on the other side, so the ball went there. Or, unfortunately, you got sacked or something negative happened. So having said all that, that's not an excuse, so this is reality. And then 10 is, you know, he, among other people, when we've been in sync, it's been pretty good. And there's been some zone reads. That's been a good, really good play for us, right? So play, if he hands it, going to him. Well, we pulled it, and that's been a pretty positive play for us down there. Um, you know, Tyler, in the situation, Algier, he's been pretty damn good on Go on runs, short yardage. Again, nothing's perfect. And then where you're using other guys. Some of the times you, you build in run alerts. Maybe you're going to CP, maybe you're going to the John, uh, John or whoever. And so you look at it and you look at 99 plays. Not all of them count because of penalties or some of them in two point. It's been pretty balanced. He's been at the tip of the spear at most of them. Now the ball hasn't gone to him every time. It's not going to go to every player every time because we've got a lot of good players. So it's my job to make sure that we're better than 50%. And that's what. Ultimately, we got to score more points than the opponent, and we want to strive to score every time we're down there. That's how it shakes down. I can get a lot more verbose, but uh, don't want to lose everything or sound like I'm making excuses. That's the reality of it. So, again, our intent, try to be very balanced. We've used everybody. He has scored. He's led to a lot of points, some of it, whether he's gotten the ball or not. And then other times, like with all our players, we got to find other ways to make sure we're uh, more lethal down in the red zone. And that's the way we look at it. And so we're striving. Look at it. You look at your intent. Okay, if it hadn't been good enough, how do we fix it? And that is the number one. Yeah, so. How do we fix it? Give it to Bijan. That's, that's, that's what everybody's saying. Everybody keeps saying, what do you mean how to fix it? Give it to Bijan or force the football to count, pitch your better players. But he talks about balance, and he talks about wanting to keep, you know, defenses on their heels and keep them guessing. Uh, that's like a five-minute cut. We just tried to cut it down for you. But the Falcons go to go. Offense, 30th in the NFL. Their touchdown percentage in the red zone is at 50%. That's one of the worst in the NFL. And yet, he still, he, he still, he still doubles down on this philosophy of balance and spreading the football around and all these weapons. But he's actually giving the football to guys like Tyler Algier and guys like Jonu Smith more than he's giving it to guys like Bijan. I will give him this. When I looked at just yards per play with Bijan on and off the field for the Falcons. Bijan off the field, Atlanta's averaging 4.9 yards per play. When Bijan gets a touch, period, a touch, a target or a rush, they're averaging 5.03 yards per play. But when Bijan is on the field as a decoy without a touch, they're averaging 6.2 yards per play. This is probably what he's leaning on. They're like, hey, man, actually as a decoy, we're, you know, we're manufacturing more offense and productivity than when he's actually the focal point of the offense. That may be true, but these are numbers overall, not in the red zone specifically. And I think in the red zone, as we all know, that's when everything changes, the field shrinks. And I think he needs to start considering players, not plays uh, in the red zone. Jonu Smith is actually having a really good year, too. You guys who are in fantasy, you got Jonu Smith as your tight end. He's at 46.9 yards per game. That's his top three tight ends in yards per route run. With the, tight, with the Patriots, he was at 17 yards per game. So I'm not saying he's not utilizing these other weapons correctly, Tyler Algier and Jonu Smith, but it's clear that he is not weaponizing Bijan, guys like Kyle Smith, to their full capability 
in the in the red zone in money time where it counts the most. Don't you know people have this man on their fantasy football team and they've got bets of him to win the rookie of the year? Come on, coach. He, that, that's what people are upset about too. It definitely is a fantasy uh, connection. Oh, for here. sure. <laughs> oh, and that's what well, he's upset about. Because if you about. played fantasy a long time like I have, you 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 know. If you had a Ladanian Tomlinson back in the day, he was going to score 25 touchdowns in a year. That's what he yeah. did. Yeah. Because Marty Schottheimer would just give him the damn ball. Just give him the rock. Hey, don't make an a easy game complicated, Coach. That's what he's doing right now. Don't overcomplicate the game. We got one more, one more cut. My man Jeff Howard <laughs> says this. Football's a simple game complicated by simple men. I like Arthur Smith, but in this situation, eh, he's he's sounding like a simple man in this situation. Because Tyler oh, He kind of sounds like before you play this cut. Go ahead. He sounds like uh, the guy that plays George Steinbrenner in Seinfeld. That's correct. That's uh, Larry David. I know, but, but yeah, listen yeah, to him when he talks. Yeah, yeah. Play That's really good. Through nine games, how about this? And this is also upsetting Falcons fans. Through nine games, Tyler Azier has outcarried B. John Robinson, 116 to 103. Now, B. John's an offensive weapon, so I can understand that. But when Atlanta has advanced inside the 10 yard lines, we talk about Azier has outcarried Robinson 10 to 2, um, tied with Corderell Patterson. Corderell Patterson has as many carries inside the 10 as B. John. That's a damn shit. That's a dang coaching mistake. When Atlanta is leading in games, Algier out carries Bijan 27 to 12. And Algier hasn't found the end zone over the last eight games. He hasn't found the end zone. Uh, has, I'm sorry, he's found it once. So I think they're back. He's found he had one touchdown over the last eight games, and yet he's getting the football more than Bijan in that situation. And among the 44 other qualifying running backs, uh, Bijan Robinson ranks fifth best in yards per carry while Azure ranks fourth worst. So the stats fly in the face of everything that Arthur Smith is trying to uh, execute here. But I like, I like Bijan in his offense. I really do think it's one of the best offenses for Bijan. Maybe the San Fran offense would be better. But I'll, I'll fully admit that I think Arthur is screwing this up because I think he's overthinking the situation. Just give your best players to football in critical moments. Like, I don't know why he's thinking about balance and spraying the football around and keeping the defense guessing. Dude, you're overthinking. He's going to lose his job overthinking it. And I don't know when the, the owner's going to step down, step in here, but it's becoming a, a much bigger story now. Now it's a more of a national story among data scientists. Well, because like Dion, or Dion, uh, Bijan was a national story. When he was drafted, yes. the whole draft type of Bijan was a national thing. And then when he went in the top seven and he went to Atlanta, people want to see him perform. And he is performing. You're just talking about how they don't use him uh, at the most important time of a drive. In critical moments, they seem to be taking him out. So, And now people are so upset with Arthur Smith. They're actually like taking shots at like his dad no. and stuff. Yeah, because they're talking about his dad was, was uh, yeah, FedEx. FedEx and, but no, they, they brought up some, some, some other shady stuff about his dad. Because like he was actually at one time uh, was supposed to be like a White House appointee. He turned it down. Yeah, defense secretary. Yeah, exactly. Like he was, he was one of those. Like he's, he's, he's really, really connected, and they've been bringing up some shady stuff about him. There's some shady stuff. He's, he like this. he's been involved with two car accidents where people have died, not him. He's been involved with multiple car accidents where people have died. And yeah. that's, that's kind of shady. Right? That personal stuff because you're not getting fantasy points is a, you know. It is, but I'll admit that is weird that you're involved in multiple car accidents where people have died in the car with you and you have not, and then that's oh, in weird. in the car with him? Yes. Oh. Yeah. No. Nah. Yeah. Come on, man. Like, I'm just saying. It, it does sound kind of shady. It's like, that is, that's weird. That's shady. You know, for somebody of his ilk who doesn't even drive a lot of times. People like that don't even drive a lot of the times. He's like the founder of FedEx. Yeah, he is. <laughs> so. uh, there's some one no debate about Arthur Smith who's got the richest father. That would be him. Among <laughs> NFL head coaches. No question. <laughs> there's no he doubt. He really does. And, okay, how about this? The, the, the allegation is that he was part of the Skull and Bone Society. 
All right, because oh, at Yale or whatever. Yeah, at Yale with George W. Bush and all the John Kerry, those kind of people. And he was offered, yeah, in 2001, he was offered defense secretary and declined it and turned it down. Um, what they're bringing up is that he was um, essentially he was involved in a fatal hit and run. He killed a 54 year old handyman in that uh, hit and run, and he was arrested and charged with leaving the scene of a crash with an expired license. Uh, charges were dismissed, uh, and it wasn't the first time that he was involved in a fatal car crash. During his first summer break from Yale, Smith was back in Memphis, uh, basically driving out with a lake with friends. He said he lost control of the car, allegedly, and caused the vehicle to flip and killed a passenger in the front seat. The cause of the crash was never determined. Oh, boy. Just yeah, that, well, he that. turned it down probably because that was going to get vetted. And Donald Rumsfeld became our defense secretary. Probably right. That's probably why he turned it down. <laughs> yeah. It's because he's like, bro, trust me, when this stuff comes out, yeah, I'm not going to be there long anyway. Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, good stuff right there with Arthur. Well, not good for Arthur. But, well, <laughs> good. I'm looking at it now, and supposedly Arthur Smith's grandpa was part of like the start of the Greyhound like bus lines. Damn. So it, hey, Arthur the, does. the money goes he back. Doesn't, he doesn't coach football for money. <laughs> Hold on, so his grandfather was one of the founders of Greyhound and his dad was one of the founders of FedEx? Yeah, his, his family's from Mississippi. Wow. They had a Damn. Smith Motor Coach Company uh, renamed to Dixie Greyhound Lines, which then the Greyhound Corporation bought a controlling interest. Well, money makes money, man. Money Damn, makes money. That's a whole lot well, of now money. let's start delivering packages, and we'll call it Federal Express. Bang. Brilliant. Brilliant, sir. Well, you're not brilliant in the red zone, Arthur. No, you're not, Arthur. I like it, Arthur. All right, we'll come back. Uh, Appreciate that. That's good stuff right there. We'll we'll keep the Texas talk rolling. Cowboys talk, 16.5-point favorites. Texans playing Joe Burrow and the Bengals. That'll be a fun game. Uh, The weekend starts right now. Plus, for the end of the hour, round of Who Said That? Uh, also, remember, playoff start. High school playoff start this playoffs. week, Rod. Yeah. We'll talk to Drew Sanders next hour. Vandergriff and Lake Travis. What a game that's going to be in the uh, first round of the state playoffs. We'll get to all of it before we're done. Here on Hook Em Up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Hook Em Up. 1019 AM 1260. The Horn. Uh-oh, conspiracy theory. The Reddit rabbit hole is growing. Says Arthur Smith's first coaching, first coaching job was in Washington, whose stadium is FedEx Field. Coincidence? Yeah. I think not. Oh, I don't disagree with that at all. We're talking about billionaires now. Billionaires, they got enough power and money to do stuff like that. So I, well, he I worked his way up, too. He started as like a, you know, Well, he did, but he's, he's, he's one of those rare uh, stories where he stayed with one stayed with Tennessee throughout multiple coaches. And Tennessee's they, the home of FedEx. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Exactly. He stayed there through multiple because usually new coach comes in, everybody gets fired. We clean house. I bring in my own guys. Now with Arthur Smith, the owner was like, oh, everybody gets fired. The Arthur Smith kid, he stays. Just so you know, he stays. And I don't disagree that he was probably talented, so that's probably why he got to stay. But also, it does help to have, you know, the famous, very wealthy. Well, nepotism parents. never hurt anybody. Nepotism makes the NFL go round. Yeah, baby. <laughs> really Daddy, does. I want to be an NFL head coach. Okay. Hey, yeah, you know what? Can if, you help me with that? If if I could do it, my son told me that I'd do the same damn thing for him. So, hey, it is what it is. <laughs> like LeBron James. Hey, LeBron James gonna get Bronny drafted because he was like, Hey, Dad, I want to be I want to be an NBA player just like you. He's like, All right, son. We'll make it happen. <laughs> Who said that before the top of the hour? Several people let me know that uh, Danny DeVito, the movie I was thinking of from the 80s, was called Ruthless People. You ever see that, Rod? It's a very I, funny movie. I think I probably have back in the day. That's really old. You're talking about right? 86. Mid-80s, yeah. It's very funny. Yeah, Danny DeVito, that was, that's where Judge Reinhold oh, I remember and Judge his Reinhold. wife yeah. 
had an axe to grind with him, so they 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 abducted his ex-wife, Bette Midler, oh, and we're going to try to ransom her back, and he didn't want to buy her back. Oh, yeah, he's a re- I remember this. <laughs> yeah, he didn't want to buy her back. This, yeah. And they're like, what do you mean you want to buy her back? <laughs> oh, well, you can keep her. You can keep her, man. She's a pain in my, you know uh, what? Yes, yeah, she's a pain in the ass. I was <laughs> going to knock her off anyhow. <laughs> Oh, I do remember that, actually. That's a decent plot. It was bad. very funny. And uh, I just remember belly laughing at that quite a bit. It's been a long time, but that's 1986. Uh, Danny DeVito, we were talking about him because no relation to him. Tommy DeVito will start Tommy for the DeVito. Giants this week. But how about this rundown? You guys were talking about – I mean, Ty knows him as Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He was in the great show Taxi back in the day. Mm-hmm. But he was also in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest in 1975, uh, yeah. which won that. a bunch of Academy yeah, Awards. Yeah, it was a good film. Terms of Endearment, 1983. Terms of endearment. And remember these, Ron? I had forgotten about these. So I just looked up. Romancing the Stone. Remember Romancing, Romancing the Stone? I remember Romancing the Stone. I do remember that. Yeah, man. Was that uh, Michael Douglas? Yeah, Michael Douglas. And Romancing and... the Stone. Is that also a movie that he was in? Oh, man. I can't think of it right now. It's on the tip of my tongue. I'll get him second. It's uh, oh, I forget it. It's like a, it's another with the couples. He's like the divorce War of the lawyer. Rose, Roy yes. of the Rose, War of the Roses. Yes, he's like the divorce lawyer, and yeah. he's like the, the voice over telling the story. Yeah, he it. was a yeah. it, it actor seventies into the eighties yeah. and even into the early nineties. And I don't want to say he fell off the map, but then he's just done TV, just done TV. Yeah, well, I think it, well these days, and I and I've been saying this for a while, and I'm not the only one. We're talking about a golden era of television. Remember, it used to be you'd have TV stars and movie stars. Oh yeah. And now you don't really have that anymore. Now you just got like celebrities, like A-list actors, because Tom Hanks will jump on a streaming platform and do something for a streaming platform. And TV stars, they do movies, and movies now do TV. So you don't have that separation like you used to. And I think that was back in the day. It was like, no, he was a movie star. It's like now, now he's a TV star. Yeah, you can do they, both. They go. They he's like now. How they do both. Back in the day, it was like it was seen as it was seen as something that was below you or beneath you if you were a well, movie Well, and that was back TV. when there were only like four TV channels. Yeah, exactly. so, the, so the TV yeah. sitcoms were huge. Yeah, yeah. So if you were on a hit like Taxi or you know Cosby Show or something, it was going to be it huge, out. right? That's it. Yeah, and you made a lot of money. Uh, but the options were limited, and they you know because they weren't making a lot of TV shows. Now you got now they're everywhere. Everybody needs content now. Uh, and yeah. but now like the, the it's kind of flip where the major movie houses they don't take chances anymore, so they just make Marvel movies. I mean they just make like superhero <laughs> movies. You're right. Yeah. And reboot things. Pretty much. Uh, animated stuff. Mm-hmm. Stuff that's gonna sell because it's damn expensive. So now all the good actors will do whatever. Yeah, they really want to practice their craft. We were just just talking about Kevin Costner maybe hooking, getting together with Reese Witherspoon. Those two were major motion picture stars who now are making big money in TV with Yellowstone. Yellowstone, She's on the uh, morning show show and other things she's done uh, for for, for the streaming. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's absolutely – it's a a heyday for – Oh, man, if you're an actor, yeah, you can find work now, you know, streaming in terms of the – you know, all of the the different rights and the different uh, fees and stuff like that. Like, I don't know about all that. I know they're on strike. For stuff like well, that. and our, my, my friend Monty Williams, who say, who's sit in forever now, whenever uh, oh, yeah. I need a co-host, he's always said this is the best time ever to be a, a writer or an actor. Because uh, I mean, he's like, you know, I have this. He has a really good phone. He said I can make a major motion picture with this phone and a stick. I could make a movie. You really could. I could. Yeah. Uh, and you can make a movie. Yeah. Uh, anybody can make a movie. I mean, how many uh, artists, entertainers, musicians we've we seen that come off the streaming side, right? That uh, you know. Um, You're right about that. They, they just put their music out there for the world to listen to. They want and, content. And, and we talk about, talk about Zach Brown or yeah. Zach Bryan, right? The big country star. They had the Country Music Awards last night. That guy didn't win anything. But there's nobody more popular than Zach Bryan. That guy, but he doesn't play in the industry because he got it straight to the people. Yeah, he doesn't go to Nashville where yeah. they manufacture music and yeah. then they reward them those manufacturers. You, you cut out the middleman. Exactly. Yeah. Tyler the Creator. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's the girl? The young girl out in uh, California with her brother. 
Ooh. Why can't I think of her name? Yeah, you got me on that one. Oh, you you know her. You know the name immediately. Uh, came in, you, but, 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 thank you, but then of course the like Billie Eilish. Like in, Billie, Eilish. Billie, Eilish. Billie Eilish. Billie Eilish. Okay. She came out of her at her yeah. up in her room with her brother. Yeah, I remember that. Making story. music. Yeah, you're right. Those are the cool things. You can go straight to the people through social media, and if they like it, it takes off. And then the, then the networks and the studios will come to you and go, Hey, man, yeah. we need you. Yeah, your, your yeah, numbers. no thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, no, no better example than last night's Country Music Awards, where there's not a bigger phenomenon in country music right now than Zach Bryan. Mm-hmm. He didn't win a thing. Yeah, because it's not interesting. I don't think he was not nominated for it. Because anything. the industry. But somebody named yeah. Jelly Roll or Jellyfish <laughs> wins a bunch of stuff. Hey, yeah, you got to play the game. And I don't even know who Jellyfish is, and I'm not getting on him. I'm just saying that's because he played the game. He, he mm-hmm. went through Nashville. Yeah. And, and they manufacture the records, and then they, they tell the radio stations, hey, play this record because they kind of are in control of all the radio stations, Bobby Bones and all those guys, yeah. make this person famous. Uh, I'm a fan of the ones that yeah, straight skirt to the, the issue. Yeah. You know no, what I'm saying? No, I'm with you on that. I, I totally I think music and movies. We, just, we live in a different entertainment ecosystem. Oh, now. big time. And it, it has shifted almost dramatically in the last five to ten years where the entertainment ecosystem is not even close to what it used to be. And some people are thriving in it, and some businesses are really flailing. But it's never been better if you're a young, creative person who can – Take it straight to people. You know how to yeah, get content, yourself out there. Content creators—they love to call them because that. the consumer decides if it's good or not. And it's not what the radio station that the record company told them to play. This they're going to like it. Yeah. We're going to make sure they I like see it. Jack Harlow's an example of that. Yeah, they, they keep trying to push Jack Harlow. That's to people, a good one. And people are like, I don't want Jack Harlow. Quit it. Stop, Stop it. it. <laughs> Stop it. We don't want him. <laughs> well, we'll do what's popping before the end of the day, and uh, we'll do the what's popping yeah. uh, music there. Uh, this is uh, Danny DeVito's episode on Friends, where he was a cop stripper, was a classic. LM. A-O. Oh, I do remember that. <laughs> oh, man, I forgot about that little played, cameo that Played appearance. Penguin and Batman. Yeah. Oh, no, that was actually pretty good. He actually played that character pretty good. He did. That was, was really creepy. Twins with Batman. Arnold was a good one. Yeah, when he was he and Arnold Schwarzenegger were twin brothers. That was a funny movie. That was a, that was a nice little creative. Yeah, good plot. Yeah, it's very plot. Good a plot. plot, that one. I so, like yeah, that. Sorry to anybody likes Jelly Roll or Fish or whatever the guy's name is. Uh, but, you know, then there's Chris Stapleton, because Chris Stapleton won like, another award. Like, he was the male vocalist for the seventh straight year. He's unbelievable. And he is, but you know he's got a song on one of his recent albums called Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, it's so it's great! A great song, and it's it all is, about that. It it's is. Like, hey, I, I, you know, you, yeah, you, you, yeah. I, we were, we were once close, and you mm-hmm. helped me start my career, but now I gotta go. Yeah, I can't live in this That's ecosystem. It's a great song, and it's just about man. I, I, yeah. I, I can't be a part of it anymore. I just can't. Yep. Um, I, I can't do that. Um, but you know, that's, that's where we are, but you're right. But it, it's a good time to be a creator and an artist and a smart person, and uh, or you can just be a created person. Yeah, exactly. Happens, both Cre- hap- uh, both like happen. That. Created or creative. Yeah. Which one are you? Sure. Hey, I'll take I'll take either one, honestly. All right, there you go. <laughs> Coming back, who said that, Rod, said that? on a Thursday? Also, next hour, we already got a bunch of people excited to hear from Drew Sanders. Vandergriff and Lake Travis in the state playoffs this Ooh. weekend. What a ball game that's going to be. Oh, they got well, some former uh, Lake Travis Cavaliers on that squad, Oh, they too. do. <laughs> that's a neighborhood rival right there, if there ever was one. That's going to be a head knocker coming up uh, on Friday. So we'll get you a preview of that with Coach Sanders. Uh, we got the Longhorns cover with TC. You were coming back. Ooh, Who said that? Who said that? Who said that? Uh, one of our favorite segments every morning. Just before 10 o'clock, we play some audio. Try to decide who said, who said that. that. Rod, you want to start? You want to lead off? You want me to go? Uh, yeah, I can lead off. Uh, Ty sent you a bunch of clips, man. Uh, so just dial whichever one. Dial uh, one up. Dial one up, whichever one you want. And who said that? 
no doubt about it. But Lamar Jackson is currently the better quarterback. He's throwing the ball better than he ever has. And while he is sitting in the pocket, he is leading the NFL with 71.5 completion percentage rate. Just think about that. Just think about that. That's when he's in the pocket. When he's not in the pocket, he's either running the ball for another 20 yards. And if he, listen to this, the only QB ever that led, you know, the NFL in rushing and completion percentage was Steve Young Uh in 1994. So I think Lamar Lamar Jackson, if he keeps his pace up right now, he could be the second quarterback ever to do it. Do you have like a a, a researcher there barking numbers at you? That's enough of that. All right, who said that? Who said it? Uh, I don't know who that was. That was Gronk, actually. Gronk Ooh. talking about he's saying that Joe, that Lamar Jackson right now is playing better than Joe Burrow. That he take Lamar Jackson over Joe Burrow, and technically he is actually statistically Lamar Jackson's having a better season right now than Joe Burrow. Yeah, Burrow's trending, uh, but Lamar Jackson's having a better season. That's a tough season. one. Who would I take? Who would I take? Right now, I probably take. I think Joe, Joe Burrow, Burrow at fully healthy is the second best yes. quarterback in his um, league. But man, I'm telling you, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson could win the MVP this year. He uh, could. Well, he, they're both on great teams too. Yeah, and 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 potentially great. Bengals are good. You know, with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and the weapons he has to throw mm-hmm. to, they just hand it to Joe Mixon every now and again to keep him honest. For crying out loud, and Lamar Jackson's team is just getting better. I think. I mean, the, their two losses were kind of giveaway games. I keep saying that, and they it's are. hard to win in the yeah. NFL. But their two games that they lost to the Colts and to the Steelers, the Steelers, they outplayed the teams. Had no, they had no business losing that game to the Steelers. That was crazy. Yeah, man. Okay, can we play this, uh, Rod? Uh, who said this? Who said that? Well, there was a reference to this on our show yesterday, so that might be a hint to you. But here we go. Who said it? What made you choose Texas, man? Out of all the schools that you were thinking about transferring to, what made you choose Texas? It felt at home, you know, and to be a kid from Texas – and to represent the, uh, you know, the state at the University of Texas was just, um, you know, something you couldn't turn down. And you look at just the history um, and, you know, the winning tradition um, and just the expectation there is here to win, you know, and that's what I want to do my last year, um, you know, be in a spot where, you know, we're expected to win um, and we're competing for a national championship. Uh, A.D. Mitchell? No, that's Max Acemus, uh the oh, young basketball star. Nice, that, I like that. That's the Brotherhood podcast dude, I like and that. Uh, show that we My talked about Nick with Nick Shuley. Yeah, that was DJ Augustine asking Max Acemus why he came to Texas. That's a great answer too. That was a great answer. Yeah, I was thinking I was like, uh, transfer to Texas. That was good. Max Acemus like that. Um, all right, um, Ty, dial me up another one here. I sent you a bunch of them. Who said that? When you look at this rookie class, it doesn't really look like a rookie class. Like even our two rookies. Like you put those guys in the game. And they don't make mistakes that rookies make, you know, and, and it's the same thing like for the Thompson twins and, and uh, Wimby, you know, and you start to look down. It's even Mark, Marcus Sasser, like they don't look like rookies, you know, and so I think it's incredible class. Um, but the Thompson twins, like, I don't know, man, I, I feel a way about the Thompson twins and Wimby because those guys are making it much harder for me to continue to make all defensive teams as these young guys come in defending the way they're defending, you know, so. Um, I'm happy to see it. You know, I'm happy to see young guys coming into this league, taking on the challenge of, of defending. You know, so many young guys coming into this league, like, I got to score. It's all about scoring. How can I get my shot off? All right, who said that? I can't get the voice. Uh, you're going to match yourself. Draymond Green. Draymond. Yeah. Draymond. I can see. Yeah. 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 Especially talking about defense. Draymond. Draymond. He's excited about these young guys, though. Thompson Twins, Wimby, that they focus on defense, take pride in it. Yeah. Well, I think Wimby could be a good defender. He didn't play very well last night. I got this one for you, Rod. This has become a – you know, I had Mike McDaniels for a while I kept giving you. I got a new new favorite NFL coach I like to go to. 
uh, for some good. Who said that? Who's the short story? The matter of fact is I grew up in Compton, California. I was born a Raider. I was born with the Raiders rolling in the Coliseum in L.A. I was rolling with N.W.A. talking straight out of Compton. Mm-hmm. Rockin' Raider hats. So when the opportunity came to work with Josh and Pat Graham and Dave, I jumped on it. I was born this way. But this is about the players, this is about the Raiders, and this is about this organization. And we're tired of losing. It's not a good feeling. We're a production-based business. We're about competition, being competitive, and play with an edge and a swag and a certain confidence that we walk out that damn tunnel that everybody watching TV can see it and a product on the field is something we're proud of. The shorts. Oh, that's nice. I like that. Antonio Pierce. But I like that beat behind that NWA. You know, I, I played that because it was good. But you know what he uh, showed up to to practice today? What? Driving to the facility? What? His old 6'4". Huh. It's clean, man. Yeah, his old, what is it, what, the, what, the, the, mm-hmm. six, the 64? It was, what was the 64 in power? Rolling down the street in my old 6'4". That's clean, man. Yeah, that's what he came to work in today. I like it. No, that's, that's. Like he, said, he walks the walk, Rob. He's, uh, he's definitely added a boost, a, some juice and some mojo. What a difference from Josh McDaniel, too, who everyone uh, hated and very, thought he was out to different. get him. And he was, well, he was. Yeah. Um, yeah, all right. Uh, all right, one more. Let me, can I play one more for you, Ty? Yeah, let's Real do quick. it. Let's can do I play it. one more? We got a little time. Can I play one more here? Ty, dial it up. Um, just play any of the other ones because I think both of them are actually really, really good. Anybody need chapstick? It start getting late in the drive, bro, and I start getting tired. My lips start getting dry. <laughs> Bad for business. Bad for business. Bad for business. Makes the play in his chapstick falls out of his pocket. Uh, who, who said that? Is that Tyreek Hill? That is actually Jalen Petrie. Oh, Texans. Plays with uh, some chapstick in his, uh, in, in his uniform because he said he can't stand when his lips get dry, man. There you go. Can't be ashy. Can't be ashy. You don't want to be ashy. <laughs> you don't want that. Fabulous fifth hour coming up, and it will be truly, truly fabulous. We'll play some What's Poppin'. We'll also talk to Drew Sanders. Rod will take us behind the burnt orange curtain. And we'll hook him up with Ian Rod B. All coming.